The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. So good to have you with me once again. I want to state some words that we can step into. Awareness. Peace. Freedom, compassion, intimacy, authenticity, receptivity, and nourishment. Wouldn't you like to just bathe in that right now? But, you know, we've just gotten past an election. Thanksgiving's on its way. The holidays are just upon us. And with everything going on, how is it possible to even get to those places? Well, most of us aren't trained for the journey inward to the very, very seat of our soul. And a lot of people are not even sure how to begin to even get there. We are conditioned to pay attention to the external phenomena, and a lot of people are really unaware that this inner world even exists or take the time to even want to tap into it. But we need to do that because everything going on out there is just a reflection of what's going on inside. And it's time now to let yourself let go of the stress, let go of the fear, let go of the health issues, the anxiety, all of the things, even the tiredness that you might be experiencing. And there is a way to do that. I'm very excited to have this guest on tonight, best-selling author Sarah McLean, and talk about her wonderful new book, which is Soul Centered. And this is really about how you can transform your life in eight weeks with meditation. This is a process where you can become more self-aware, more peaceful, and more compassionate and live a life that you truly can call soul-centered. And it can happen in a matter of weeks. You just have to understand how. And it's really not that hard if you'll just give it to yourself. Sarah's been meditating since the 80s and has continually sought the secrets of meditation and really broken them down in a way that anyone, regardless of your religion, regardless of what you believe meditation to be, regardless of how busy you think you are, you can take part of this. Again, she's the best-selling author of Soul Centered, Transform Your Life in Eight Weeks with Meditation. And she's an inspiring contemporary meditation teacher who takes meditation, makes meditation accessible to everyone. She's taught thousands of people worldwide how to meditate, helping them find ways to reduce stress, find fulfillment, and live with more peace, confidence, and happiness. So without further ado, I'd love to welcome Sarah McLean to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Simon. I'm so happy to be here. Well, it's wonderful what you're doing, what you're spreading, the things that you're teaching people, because I think now more than ever, people are feeling their own chaos. They're feeling the busyness, and we are in a society that is so in our heads and can't get out of it. 
nor can we figure out how to make the time to to get out of the head and get out of the world and get back into ourselves. How how do we even start that process? Well, first of all, we have to be aware that we need we want it. We we have to be aware that we have this longing for a different experience in life. And that, you know, that can show up just as sort of a a a, tink, a sort of a tickle, you know, like there's got to be more to life than this or it can show up as the dark night of the soul for people when they just say, you know, I just cannot keep this up because it is not nourishing for me and it doesn't fulfill my heart. So whether it's just this subtle kind of question that you're walking around with, like what is there? Was there anything more to life and who am I? And what are we doing here? Whether it's that or whether it's this deep darkness that accompanies this this awakening. Everybody... Most people I know, especially your listeners, are really dealing with that these days. And all of those things that occur, whether it is that dark night of the soul or whether it is that continual experience in relationship after relationship that's not working out or an eating disorder or a bank account that is straining us, all of those things are really to get us to come back to really get us to go inside, aren't they? They are, and, and you're absolutely right. It can show up as a physical or environmental situation, like you don't like your work and you, you, know, you don't have enough money to pay your bills and you don't have enough time. It can also show up physically in your own body, like a, a chronic condition of pain or dis-ease, and it can show up like a, an addiction, as you were saying. It can also show up as a mental issue, whether it's obsessive-compulsive disorder or some depression or anxiety, or it can even show up, um, it can show up in an in emotional way, whether it's uh, just being overreactive or not being able to be present for your life. And so each one of us has a different software. Each one of us has a different way of expressing this discomfort, this dis-ease with, with our life as it is. And each one of those external markers that people kind of hang on to for their sense of permanence or their sense of security, whether it's their bank account or their role in their work or their role at home or the responsibilities or power they have in the external world, a lot of us are attached to that as our security blanket. And as each one of us really realizes as we get older, nothing external is permanent. Really, nothing is. I mean, I wish it it were, but people live and they die and relationships change and our jobs change and where we live, our address change, our blood pressure changes, our age changes, our weight changes and our hair color changes, and everything external changes. But there is an aspect to each one of us that is permanent, at least permanent for us, and and that is our own awareness, our own presence, or what I like to call our own soul. Well, and I know that now, especially 2012, it's been so much about people letting go of what they thought they had to have. And and in that letting go, it was just to get back closer and closer to not only our own skin, but inside of our own skin. We're in a period of Mercury retrograde right now, which is very much about renewing and re-energizing and reminding and going back and allowing all that old stuff that, that... could have haunted us or could have wounded us to come back and be reflected on, but more so it's that time to get still. And I think probably one of the most challenging things for people when they first try to start meditating or even consider the thought is all of this criticism and negative thought that comes in such as, 
I'm wasting my time. I can't do this. This is not working. Um, oh my gosh, how much time has it been? Is it over yet? You know, all of these thoughts are going to start coming in and we kind of sabotage ourselves before we even get started. Exactly. And you're exactly right. That is what we do. And I think that that internal dialogue, that internal monologue, is exacerbated during the Mercury retrograde. I mean, what I, you know, everybody talks about communication breakdowns and travel breakdowns, and I see that all around me now, but what I really notice for myself is I turn to, I'm not as nice to myself as I normally am. The pressures of the external, you know, sort of challenges trigger some of the older habits of beating myself up, and I think that that is what happens when people sit down to meditate. They assume that they automatically should know how to do it. Now, it would be nice if that were true, um, but we're not necessarily trained, as you mentioned, for the journey inward. So what happens is we need some guidance. We need some some guideposts for our our journey inward, and we need some somebody to help us. And, and I wished I had had it. I mean, this book I wrote, because people ask me, you know, why did you write it? I say, because I wish that I had found a book like this that said, okay, it's okay to have thoughts in meditation. As a matter of fact, the reason you have thoughts in meditation is because it's the nature of the mind to think. So you can't stop thinking by thinking about it. But what meditation does allow for is a natural settling down of the nervous system. And because of the mind-body connection, there is a natural settling down of the mental activity. So as the mind settles down and the body settles down, there's a lot of purification that goes on. And as that purification goes on, it can stimulate more thoughts or colors or twitching or feelings. And it's simply an indication that people are releasing stress. But what I do want to tell people is that meditation is very natural. Once you're kind of escorted, let's say, into that inner realm, it is a natural experience that you can do on your own on a regular basis. But you have to be nice to yourself. You have to be nice to yourself. Well, and I think as people go through the book, they'll find out that there are many methods of meditating that you you bring to them um, in, in a very practical, simple, guided way. So I want to applaud you for the way that you created this book. But before we go to commercial break, I'd love for you to talk about the five essentials of meditation because I think that's where some people have their blocks. And if they can just get past those, we can open the door for them to actually be willing to step into the experience of meditation. Well, thank you. And I, and I really believe these essentials were what I wanted to um, what I wanted to hear, and I didn't hear them. Well, we talked about the first one. It's okay to have thoughts in meditation. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It simply is the nature of the mind to think. Just like when your eyes are open, it's the nature of the eye to see. So if we just approach thoughts and meditation with a sweetness, we can refocus on whatever it is we need to focus on in our meditation without beating ourselves up. So just remember, thoughts are always going to be in meditation, whether it's the thought, I love this, I could do this all day, or whether the thought is your mantra or a sensation of your breath and you're liking the way it feels, or whether the thought is, I can't do this. So that's natural. The second essential for meditation, and I mentioned this too, is to be very nice to yourself, not to beat yourself up in any way. The third is to have a beginner's mind, a mind free from conceptions and pictures of ideas of monks and perfect meditators. The fourth is not to give up. 
and that and we'll talk about that in the second in the next half of the show but and the last one is is to not to try too hard like i said it's a natural experience the way you meditate and treat yourself in meditation is the way you treat yourself as you live your life that is from sarah mclean author of soul centered transform your life in 8 weeks with meditation whether you're feeling anxious or fearful you will find out that this is a clue that your focus is really into the future. And when you're feeling grief or depression, you're more than likely putting your attention on the past. If you're feeling angry or critical, your focus has gotten outside of yourself. And if you're feeling ashamed or embarrassed, you probably have tuned into an unclear or distorted image of yourself. We're going to go into a little bit more of this as we move into the next segment. But before that, I want you to know that there is a free gratitude meditation, which is absolutely perfect for this time of year, that is being offered on Sarah's website. And you can go to Sarah, uh, you can go to SedonaMeditation.com or you can go to McLeanMeditation.com, and that's M-C-L-E-A-N meditation.com while you're there definitely look up some of the events that she's got going on you can find out about the soul radiance retreat in sedona arizona march 7th through 10th you can also find out about the hay house i can do it ignite where sarah mclean will be speaking along with many other cutting-edge authors and speakers in addition you can find out about swimming with the dolphins uh, off the island of Bimini. That would be amazing. May 26th to June 1st. So definitely go to her website, find out about her book, Soul Centered, and find out about these other events taking place. Again, that's McLean Meditation, M-C-L-E-A-N, meditation.com or sedonameditation.com. We'll be right back with Sarah McLean. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. In these changing times, the journey toward global consciousness has never been more important. Gaia TV is the first online video library dedicated to support your journey toward global and personal discovery. Our viewers enjoy unlimited access to our vast selection of inspiring interviews, engaging films, and award-winning wellness videos. And we invite you to try it for free. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to start your free trial. The journey starts now. That's G-A-I-A-M-TV.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change.
are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Welcome back. My guest today is Sarah McLean, and we are discussing meditation. We are discussing how to be more soul-centered, and she has written an incredible book that really will assist you in getting to that place. A lot of people don't understand that what we are experiencing in our lives really is trying to get us to stop and to go inside and to face things that we don't want to feel. There are things that are wanting to bubble up and thoughts that are wanting to bubble up so that they can be cleared so that we can become that beautiful, open, empty space and we can really connect to the truth of who we are. This book, Soul Centered, Transform Your Life in Eight Weeks with Meditation, really allows you a very practical step-by-step path over eight weeks to get you there. And so I urge you to allow yourself this to ease yourself in your life, to bring yourself to more awareness, peace, and freedom so that you can experience more intimacy, authenticity, receptivity, and nourishment. And that is the goal. We don't need to be caught up in the rat race. We don't need to be the multitaskers, although Sarah will tell us how we can create mindfulness out of multitasking. Before we get into that conversation, you can find out more about Sarah McLean and her book and some upcoming events at mcleanmeditation.com. That's M-C-L-E-A-N, meditation.com, and sedonameditation.com. And definitely grab the free gratitude meditation and use that with yourself and your kids. It's a wonderful one. So, Sarah, let's talk about mindfulness and multitasking because I think a lot of us, especially women, we tend to be incredible multitaskers. And when we do that, we are all over the place in our heads. We're all over the place with our hands and our feet. So how do we get still enough to uh, to be mindful? Well, it's so simple. You just laugh. It's We do one thing at a time, and we do it more slowly, whether it's eating and turning the TV off and taking the newspaper away and taking our iPad away, Eating, just doing one thing at a time. Whether you, When you're eating, you eat. You chew more slowly. You're more present for your experience. You know, one of the things that happens with multitasking is it actually causes a lot of stress. It may seem as if we're getting more done, but the truth is we're not. And there's a lot of research around this. But the research I'm most interested in is the research about stress because we have enough stress. We don't need more stress. But there are, you know, there are those people, and women especially, are, are wired to be able to do multiple things. But even if we choose maybe an hour or a project to do with our full awareness, our mindfulness. Now, mindfulness means being fully attentive with a non-judgmental attitude to what we're doing while we're doing it. And meditation does do that for us. Not all mindfulness is meditation. And, but it always starts with meditation. I mean, meditation always starts with mindfulness. So, for instance, right now as you're listening to me, you can begin to pay attention to your breath. And as you do that, just continually turning your attention to your breath, it will help you to anchor your awareness to this moment. This moment right here is where your life really is. 
And we have memories, of course, and hopes for the future, but you can continually anchor your awareness by doing one thing at a time and doing it more slowly and engaging your senses, whether it's the subtle sense of touch as you're breathing and feeling that sensation or the subtle sense of sound. Maybe you can hear your breath. But whatever it is you choose to do, do it more mindfully. And this helps to just give you a moment of peace in a very hectic day, whether it's taking a moment and just being completely present with brushing your teeth, being completely present with picking up your water bottle and feeling what it feels like to drink just a swallow of water. So mindfulness is essential for everyone, and it's it's essential for us to continually bring our attention back to the present moment, to this moment at hand. And that's what meditation does. It really trains your attention to be right here, right now. And it also trains your attention to be able to focus on one thing at a time. And as you mentioned earlier, Simran, you're, you're much more self-aware how you're feeling, what's going on in the present moment. Because without that, you're missing your whole life. And, and I think that's, that is the reason why when people sit down to meditate, there's a lot of stuff that becomes unraveled and starts to surface. Things we haven't been present for, whether they're emotions or experiences that have gone before. I want to get into a couple of things that you've said. And number one has to do with the judgment because you write about that in the book in several places. And I think that that tends to happen throughout our lives in our experiences. We are always judging ourselves. But then even in meditation, sometimes we're judging ourselves. And, and how does the judgment interfere with the act of mindfulness and meditation um, and so, so that people understand why it's important to allow that self-compassion to release that. Well, judgment is really a reaction. Um, you know, it's good or bad. We don't want to feel this. We want to feel that. We want to experience this. We don't want to experience that. It's, it's, it's exclusive and it's reactionary. And so let me give you an example in meditation. So you're sitting there. Let's say you're meditating on your breath. and Maybe you're becoming aware of... On the in-breath, you say to yourself silently the word in. You use that as a mantra. And on the out-breath, you use the word out. And you silently are sitting there, and all of a sudden you have a thought about somebody you forgot to email earlier. So not only do you feel this sort of compulsion to get up and deal with that, but maybe there's some feeling that you're doing this meditation wrong and you might as well stop anyway. And what happens is if we heed that reaction, that reactionary response, and we get up and we stop, we actually are not doing ourselves a favor. Meditation is about training your attention to be less reactionary and more responsive. So if a thought comes, I've got to return that call or email, you can say thank you for sharing and go back to your practice. What happens ultimately, it sounds so trite, but what happens is you're actually shaping and reshaping the, some certain areas of your brain. One of the areas is called the amygdala the part of the brain that's responsible for that reactivity that we find happening and controlling us in our daily lives. So as we sit without being reactionary in meditation, we then can carry that out in our lives. And the same is true for this judgmental attitude we have. So yeah, your attention drifted away from your breath for a moment, as it will. It happens to everyone. Instead of beating yourself up, 
you just simply refocus once you realize it. You can't refocus before you realize it. That's impossible. But you refocus once you realize it. And I did do some, you know, some exploration and looking for research that proves being tough on yourself is helpful. And actually, I found no support of that. There's no research whatsoever that says being hard on yourself, beating yourself up, helps you to reach your goals. In fact, the opposite is true. Well, that's a good thing to know. So now no one has to be hard on themselves. I also want to get into what we talked about or what I had mentioned at the end of the last segment, and that is where the emotions are involved because a lot of people may not have realized, as you've written in your book, that the anxiousness and the fearfulness is really being in the future and that grief and depression is the past and and how those things really play a role in keeping us away from being in the now, being in the present. Mm-hmm. And um, and part of that's also escapist so that we don't have to feel whatever is needing to be felt in this very moment. Exactly. I mean, life is all about... It includes all things. It includes great joy, but it also includes great pain. You know, it includes includes, uh, beautiful moments, but really difficult moments, too. And if we just exclude half, 50% of our experiences because we don't like them or they're uncomfortable, we really are missing half our lives. And, you know, at first this becomes a habit to avoid the discomfort and to move towards comfort, but these habits, become well-worn neuropathways, and they become highways, I like to say, as we get older. We have habits of mind. We also, you know, because my background's in mind, body, health, and Ayurveda, you know, we everybody's got a different software. Everybody's got a different constitutional makeup with their mind and body. And some of us are more prone to focusing on the future and what's going to happen when we get reach a certain goal. Our lives will be better when we you fill in that blank. Or, and then there's, there are others of us who spend a lot of time regretting some of the past or wishing for the good old days. And you can simply become self-aware and notice what your emotions are when you're stressed out. Are you, do you tend to get anxious? If you do, you're probably focused on the future. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen next? I can't control this. It's making me crazy. And this anxiety becomes a constant companion. For those of you who realize it, you just bring your attention back to the present moment and deal with what's at hand. Deal with, deal with what you can make choices about and how you can engage in your life. And for those of you who spend a lot of time depressed or griefing, grieving or in grief, you, you will notice that, in fact, your focus will be in the past, the good old days, the way things were. And that is a signal to bring your attention to the present moment. Now, some of us, and I'm one of these, I tend to get kind of angry. And, you know, it's again, it's different mind-body makeups. And I know when I'm stressed out and I'm mad at inanimate objects or, you know, the person (laughs) who pulls out in front of me, that's an indication to me that I need to bring my attention back to me instead of projecting it out onto everything out there. You know, stress can really keep us from expressing our true nature, one of being blissful and inclusive and creative and nourishing and loving and compassionate and free and and in, engaged. You know, when we're stressed out, we're basically none of those things. 
And the one thing that is true is that pain always has a beginning, a middle, and an end, (laughs) even if it does not feel that way. There are ways to be mindful, and there are mindful living exercises that are included in this book. It can be anything from washing your hands and being very present to that, or when the phone rings, or when you get into your car. Or even if you find yourself waiting in a grocery store line, there are ways to create that present moment awareness and allow yourself to experience that. The book is soul-centered. The author is Sarah McLean. The website is mcleanmeditation.com or sedonameditation.com. We'll be right back with Sarah McLean. This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Every life on Earth has the capability of knowing the world in a much more powerful way than what we've settled for. And Gaiam TV is there to support your journey in knowledge, awareness, and awakening. Our vision is to raise global consciousness by bringing viewers original interviews, inspiring films, and engaging series on today's most sought-after topics. We invite you to try Gaiam TV free for 10 days. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to claim your free trial. You won't look at your life and your world the same way again. That's G-A-I-A-M TV.com. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Are you dealing with stress overload in your life? Have you lost the ability to relax and enjoy in the moment? Maybe you overreact to the slightest disturbance or are completely distracted and distant from everything that's going on around you. Your stress hormones are probably elevated, and the world out there seems like a threat to your well-being. When you're stressed, you may be constantly on the defensive against perceived or expected attacks. 
slowly becoming a victim who's merely reacting to life. You can change all of that if you take the time to become soul-centered. And there is a way to transform your life in eight weeks with meditation with Sarah McLean's book, Soul-Centered. So I urge you to definitely look into getting that, starting that process and letting this be a way that you really allow 2012 to come to a close. We are coming upon the golden age, which is a time where there is great opportunity and tremendous change that is going to happen for the better for a lot of people. It's not going to be an overnight experience, but the more that we do as individuals to really get in touch with the core of who we are, the greater opportunity you have to create the life that you're looking to create. And that means getting soul-centered. That means allowing yourself to really come to that body awareness, to come to that mindfulness, and to come to a place where you know that you're in control of not being in control. And that's the best thing that you could possibly do by getting into meditation is let go for just a few minutes every day so that you can understand that the chaos has a purpose, that the control has a purpose, and the open space has a purpose. So allow yourself to get soul-centered. You can connect with Sarah McLean at either of her websites, SedonaMeditation.com or McLeanMeditation.com, M-C-L-E-A-N, Meditation.com. Grab her free gratitude meditation and also connect with her at several upcoming events, the Soul Radiance Retreat, March 7th to 10th in Sedona, Arizona, the Hay House I Can Do It Ignite Conference, and that is taking place March 16th and 17th in San Jose, California. Or if you want to go to Bimini, Bahamas, you can swim with the dolphins with Sarah and a small intimate group of 20 people, and that is May 26th to June 1st. You can find out about all of that at her website, mcleanmeditation.com. Welcome back, Sarah. We were talking a lot about um, the emotions and how that can affect someone in getting either affect someone in in staying away from meditation if, if they really get wrapped up into that, or can use that as an opportunity to get into meditation. When we are beginning this process, though, it, it needs to begin with that beginner's mind. That is the place of freedom. That is the doorway that we walk into. What is the beginner's mind when it comes to meditation? That is a great question. When I was writing the book, my editor said, what are you putting this in there for? This is the same thing as being present. And it's not the same thing as being present. Let me give you an example of this. Let's say that you're meditating and you feel um, some pain in your in your shoulder or your knee. And if you didn't have a beginner's mind, if you had your I know mind hat on, you would say, "Gosh, you know, this is uncomfortable. I'm not going to do this. This is this is painful." Um, but if you had a beginner's mind, you would be more interested in exploring what the source of the pain is, not necessarily what caused the pain, but how does pain arise? How does it show up in your life? What is it moving towards it? And the same is true for experiencing another living being, whether it's a human being or a tree or your own cat or, you know, a mountain even. Um, There are so many things in our lives that we dismiss by labeling them. Uh, for instance, instead of looking at a, I have these gorgeous Gerber daisies. My birthday was this last week, and people gave me all these flowers and these daisies. I could just label them Gerber daisies, and they're pink, and I could just say that, and I could walk off and know that I've got daisies. But what if each one of us took a moment to really be with what the object of our experience, rather than the label or the idea of what we're experiencing? 
So when we look at a flower or a tree, just really looking at the way that it's it's designed, its presence, it's just experiencing it without the exclusivity or the filter of a label. And that goes for, you know, anything. Somebody who, let's just give you an example. If I say a few words like nurse, policeman, Democrat, Republican. Well, when we name something, we are not just identifying a definition with it, but we're bringing back all the past filters of how everyone else in our lives has identified it for us as well, and we get away from being in that presence, like you're saying. Yeah, we don't even see it anymore. You know, it's almost like we can't see it because the I know mind, which, you know, it's really an ego. It's an ego function to label and to control our experience and to feel as if we're powerful in that way. And there is a lot of value placed on the intellect, but sometimes that same value or that same navigation system keeps us from experiencing or keeps us from being open to all possibilities in our lives. And you talk about that as letting go of being the expert and really walking through the world with fresh eyes. And and it sounded to me like that that expert is really the personality that's kind of saying, I know what I know, mm-hmm. but in that egoic sense doesn't realize that if we stop, that that inner self is the one that truly knows what it knows. Exactly. And, and we can always, we can override that deep intimacy with life, with the ego. We can block it out. So staying in a beginner's mind, just saying, well, let me see what the possibilities are here. Let me hear this person without labeling them first. Or let me look at this person and Look at their beauty rather than just calling them a certain name. You know, just really allowing people and things and your objects of your experience, including yourself, to be as beautiful and as big and as um, as beautiful as they are, you know, and as intricate. And, and the possibilities are phenomenal. So we limit ourselves so much by saying good and bad, even with our own emotions and going back to that. And going with physical sensations and experiences. You know, we always run away from certain experiences because we don't like them. But, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, but let's say you stub your toe. You know, you, you hop around the room, you don't want to look, or you cut your finger, and you don't want to look at how bad it is for the first minute or two until you can get your bearings, and you kind of avoid it. And, you know, what I would say is how would you treat your friend? If they hurt themselves, you'd move, or a little child, you'd move towards them. But somehow we're a little tougher on ourselves and we, we avoid the difficulty. And so when we're meditating, one of the qualities of meditation is this integration. And sometimes we've, haven't fully integrated our past experiences. And so this is what can be sort of unearthed when we're meditating, which can be a little uncomfortable. We can have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings, but sticking with it, not labeling it as good or bad, and then returning our attention back to the focus of the meditation, whatever that may be in that particular case. Well, and sometimes there's going to be emotion or different sensations that come up, and and being at the place where we don't judge that and we, we let that be what it is as well um, can sometimes be a challenge for people. Speak to that, Sarah, because oftentimes... If we're in meditation, and, and it can be emotion from something extremely joyful that has popped up, or it could be emotion from uh, 
tapping into something that has been painful or or uncomfortable. Right. Well, one of the things I've learned is, um, you know, stress is caused by undigested experiences. You know, that's not the only cause of it, but it certainly is caused by that, going through an experience and not being able to handle it. And that's normal if you're a kid or in a very unsafe environment. Just looking at the military, you know, these days, post-traumatic stress disorder is really due to not being able to be present with you know, un- discomfort anymore because you're just, you're, you're, your balloon is full, you know, and I was in the military working with soldiers on post-traumatic stress and what they're finding these days is meditation, sitting down and being present with your breath and whatever else arises without being reactionary to it allows you to find the safety, as you said, pain has a beginning, middle and end, so do emotions and to be present with the emotions as they arise, a feeling of Fear, a feeling of anxiety, a feeling of anger, a feeling of joy. Oftentimes in meditations, these will arise and there will not be a corresponding thought to it. It will be pure emotion. Last night I taught a group of 20 people at a local community center and one woman said, why am I crying in meditation? Well, oftentimes it's just a release of stress. It's just, you know, I look at stress as if it's a filter that keeps you from knowing your own beauty and your own true nature as well as everybody else's. And when that starts to get lifted, even the first meditation, she was brand new at meditation, oftentimes it can just reveal your own relief, your own joy, your own beauty, and, and sometimes there's this recognition that happens with tears without even any thought at all. So being able to bear witness to whatever arises as you're sitting in a safe place in your own home allows you to strengthen your nervous system so that when you walk through the world, you can also stay present for what's going on, not only with everybody else, but in your own heart. You have a statement in here, um, actually some practices and exercises to cultivate freedom. And I'd like to talk about that aspect of freedom for people because a lot of people may not say, well, you know, what what type of freedom do I need or how is this going to free me? But we don't often realize how bound we actually are by it, whether it's our thoughts or our minds or our experiences. Talk a little bit about cultivating freedom through the practice of meditation. Well, as we get older, our brain gets a little less flexible. You know, we start to develop well-worn pathways where eventually our habits of mind and our reactions are no longer really our choices. You know, just imagine someone um, says something to you that offends you. What is your, you know, what is your, what is your reaction? We all have our certain things. Do we punish them? Do we hide? Do we pretend it doesn't happen? We each have our own way of being. And, you know, these habits exist within our relations with our family members, within our work environment. They happen with our relation to our choices in the world. So just... Instead of just doing the status quo or, or or just following the norm, and I always take an example of just going to a restaurant, you know, instead of ordering uh, what you always order, you know, maybe just ask for them to make you something. You know, I, obviously we don't, we can't do that at McDonald's, but if or you know, go to a movie that you don't, you would never go to as long as it's not violent and horrible. Um, just go to a movie and just sit there with a beginner's mind and just notice the resistance, and and then welcome the experience. You know, as we exclude everything, we, we our lives get narrower as we exclude this or that or these people or that experience. And so freedom is really just being 
receptive to all things as they arise because they will. You know, we have to be receptive. We don't have to love everything, but we have to welcome our experience in life rather than resist it. You know, when I when you have when you have the expectations about how things will turn out in life, those expectations can rob you of a direct experience and limit the possibilities available. The same goes for meditation. Expectations can disappoint you when they're not fulfilled and can certainly frustrate a new meditator. But if you allow yourself to stick with it, when you meditate with the beginner's mind and let the experience come naturally, it can be a blissful experience beyond your ideas of how it can happen. This is from the book Soul Centered, Transform Your Life in Eight Weeks with Meditation by best-selling author Sarah McLean. She has been meditating since the 80s, and Deepak Chopra recommends her work, saying it's entertaining, informative, and inspiring for even the most experienced meditator. Definitely get your copy. Connect with her at mcleanmeditation.com or sedonameditation.com and grab your free gratitude meditation as well. Again, that's mcleanmeditation, M-C-L-E-A-N, meditation.com. We'll be right back with Sarah McLean. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. In these changing times, the journey toward global consciousness has never been more important. Gaim TV is the first online video library dedicated to support your journey toward global and personal discovery. Our viewers enjoy unlimited access to our vast selection of inspiring interviews, engaging films, and award-winning wellness videos. And we invite you to try it for free. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to start your free trial. The journey starts now. That's G-A-I-A-M TV.com. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. 
passion is related to curiosity and exploration and is made up of three components. And like for Sarah McLean, our wonderful guest today of Soul Centered, the wonderful book that will transform your life in eight weeks with meditation to help you understand what is required. Three simple things that will help you get into meditation and get you going. Something that you can start now as a practice and really allow yourself more self-awareness, more peace, freedom, and compassion in your life, and allow yourself to approach everything that is in your experience rather than from reactivity, more from responsibility. And that is where we're all headed as conscious human beings. We're trying to get to a place where we're all being as conscious as possible. You can find out more about Sarah McLean at mcleanmeditation.com or sedonameditation.com. Sarah, welcome back. I'd love for you to talk to people about the three components of meditation that are required so that they know at least that before they uh, finish out this last segment. Sure. Well, I know there are so many varieties of meditation. You know, there's visualization, there's breath awareness, there's body awareness, there's mantra meditation, there's all these chakra meditations. There's so, there's so many types of meditation. The one I suggest for people is one where you are accoutrement-free, where you don't need anything around you to do it. You just can do it spontaneously. And, of course, that, that can come with practice. But here are the three necessities for meditation. You need a focus for your meditation, and we mentioned a few of them. It could be a candle flame or a star or the sound of waves or a mantra. Um, so you need your focus. You need willingness. You need to have the willingness to stick with the practice. And I mentioned this in the beginning of the show. If you sit down and say, I'm going to do five minutes today, you stick with the five minutes. The mind will always complain because it wants to be in charge and wants you to do other things. But you stick with the five minutes and even with the complaints because you'll find that you'll get a meditator's high if you basically uh, stick with it. And the third essential is your awareness itself, your attention. So you need your attention, what you're listening to us with. You need a focus for your attention, and you need to be willing. There's so many varieties of meditation. My favorite ones are ones that help you to transcend the everyday activity of time and space and responsibilities and allows you to connect with that deep part of you in the silence. Now, each one of us transcends every day while we sleep. We go into that dull state of awareness and lose track of time and space, but it's not the same as what happens in meditation when you're completely aware, yet you're settling your nervous system down and going into that gap. So those are, that's what I wanted to tell you about that, and it's the best way to love yourself. And that's the next step I wanted to talk about was loving ourselves. I think that's the key lesson that we all have as we come into the human experience. Um, so talk about self-love and, and how that either grows through meditation or how we can bring that forward as a new experience of ourselves as we cultivate meditation in our lives. Well, you know, people say, gosh, loving yourself, isn't that selfish? And no, actually, you know, many... Many world religions include the golden rule to love thy neighbor as thyself and treat others as you want to be treated. And if we aren't loving ourselves, then we're not able to really fully express that in the world. And what does it look like to love yourself? It looks like being sweet to yourself, to honor your own humanness, your own human condition, whether you make a mistake or you're not exactly measuring up to who you think you need to be measuring up with. You know, we tend to be so, as I said earlier, hard on ourselves, and it is not helpful. One of the things that meditation does is it helps to develop 
self-compassion, which it's a pr- kind of a brand new study that or area of study that's uh, been talked about lately, but it's different than self-esteem. Self-esteem is based on your achievements and your external goals and successes, and obviously, as we talked about earlier, those are not always permanent. They're transitory. Self-compassion is really honoring yourself as a human being who's really doing their very best in this world, especially as you're on your spiritual path, that sincere um, that sincere heart that you have and really just honoring it, whether you're, you're doing exactly what you want or just making steps in the right direction for yourself. And so it's found that that part of you, the it's called the insula, which is the part of the brain that's really about self-awareness and self-compassion. It really starts to grow and gets more gyrifications and folds as we meditate and with a non-judgmental approach as we're sitting in that silence. Oh, that's wonderful. And I, and I think that that's just such an important part of the journey is really stepping into that place of self-love. Before we close out the show, I'd love for people to understand that while they are cultivating their meditation practice for themselves, how very easily children adapt to this practice. They, they innately can kind of understand that and really step into that because their hearts are so open. How, as parents, can we bring this in, and what do we need to do with children in terms of getting them into a practice? Well, you know, the age matters for sure. Um, kids up to about age eight are in sort of a highly suggestible state anyway. Most of them are attentive to the present moment. They're attentive to their emotions. They're not holding them down unless they've been taught to at that point. Uh, what happens after the age of eight is they start to take on these habits that we talked about earlier. So kids are naturally meditating, and what you can do is cultivate that present moment awareness. They they tend to like to be in activity. So you could say to them, while you're playing with your toys, pay attention to how you're breathing, or silently say the word one, or silently say the word love as you're paying attention and and being in this present moment. Because what grown-ups tend to do, because we're so goal-oriented, is talk about, well, what do you want to be when you grow up, bringing their attention to the future? Or we say, how is school today, taking them out of the moment they're in and having them reflect back. So it's ideal to cultivate present moment awareness with them. And I often tell parents to follow their kids around and pay attention to what they're paying attention to one thing at a time. In the oh, that's home. fantastic. Thank you so much, Sarah. I want to uh, deeply, deeply thank you for being on 1111 Talk Radio and bringing your wisdom and congratulate you on this wonderful book entitled Soul Centered, Transform Your Life in Eight Weeks with Meditation. Definitely get your copy so that you can be prepared for her next book that is releasing uh, in 2013 because we will be having her back on to help you understand the next step. Becoming soul-centered is an inner journey that leads to a big shift. It's not that you reject the outer world and its meaning and importance. Instead, you change the reference point by which you navigate life. A great way to make this change is through meditation, during which your center point naturally shifts from transitory experiences and reorients to your ever-present soul. You can connect with Sarah McLean at McLeanMeditation.com. That's M-C-L-E-A-N Meditation.com or SedonaMeditation.com. Get your free gratitude meditation and also find out about some of the events that she has coming up on her website. Again, thank you so much, Sarah, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you so much. Until next time, I'm Simran Singh. Be well. 
Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. We'll be right back. 